This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello and welcome to Front Office Features. I am Rob Crane. And this week is one of my favorite people on the planet, uh, Miss Rachel Mark, from uh, who is the national campaign director for Versus Cancer. She do- joins the show. I'm so thankful that she did. Uh, Rachel and I worked together in Scranton when she was a community relations director, and she has gone on to do much bigger and better things uh, now as she runs all of the cam- uh, she's national campaign director uh, for Versus Cancer. So she's all over the place uh, doing awesome things. Um, we talk about her college career. She wasn't the best at uh, focusing in on you know, that internship or networking uh, while in school. Uh, I'm sure there's a few of us. I was the same way. Uh, and she discusses what she would change, what she would keep, and uh, how she would do it all over again if she had the opportunity. We discuss what you don't know about working in sports and the difference between working for a team, which she did, and an organization that works with teams. I love this interview so much uh, as we discuss uh, sports business opportunities outside the main four. We talk about that all the time uh, on this podcast. And one of the things that she describes in detail is the power of sports. Chris and I talk about it a lot. And Rachel lives that every day and how sports can make a difference in someone's life. She just uh, is awesome. She's a saint. uh, And really what she's doing is really amazing work. And the whole Versus Cancer organization is just uh, fantastic. But before we get to the podcast, I'd like to remind you, as always, to follow us on social media. Give us those five-star reviews uh, and share the podcast. It's growing like crazy. so many thanks go to our listeners uh, for sharing it and making it part of their uh, daily life. So, um, And uh, we want to do a better job of this. We want to hear from you. What are you going through? What help do you need? What advice can Chris and I uh, give? So uh, please email this, and we can discuss it on the podcast, right? So email address frontofficefeatures uh, at gmail.com, frontofficefeatures at gmail.com. We would love to hear you from you. Talk about kind of what you're going through uh, on the podcast because what you're going through, many others are going through as well. So uh, without further ado, our guest today, uh, Rachel Mark, who is the National Campaign Director for Versus Cancer. Hello and welcome to Front Office Features. I am Rob Crane and my guest today is Rachel Mark. She's the Campaign Director uh, for versus cancer, uh, Rach, how are you? I am good, Rob. How are you? It is a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Uh, you are an avid listener. You probably listen to each episode five to six times uh, each each episode. You think? I do. I just have them on repeat constantly. I, <laughs> I can't start just my day all, without 
I, I can imagine, right? You're only human. This is just part of, uh, this is part of your daily routine. So um, for everyone out there, Rachel and I, we worked together uh, when I was in Scranton and Rachel was in Scranton. We'll get to that here in a bit. But we talk a lot about on the podcast, uh, the how people can get involved in sports, but not like just being working for a baseball team or a football team or a hockey team or any of the teams. Um, so with Rachel's uh, now position with versus cancer. I just thought it would be great to have uh, have you on. So, Rach, we'll get into this here in a bit, but I want to start way back when, um, back at the you know average university of uh, NC State. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you want to talk a little bit about what I call your professional. Uh, career at NC State, as in, like, were you the one that was always actively looking for um, internships, or were you just, or, or were you different than that, kind of in the middle? What, what was your, what were you like at NC State from like a professional standpoint, if you will? Yeah, I was not, I was not that <laughs> person, um, and not, not because of uh, lack of desire, but I was, you know, one of those college kids who was working their way through school and was probably working, you know, 30 to 40 hours a week as well. And so, um, you know, kind of, you know, unfortunately starting out my, my freshman and sophomore year, I knew I had to do an internship to graduate. It was required, but other than that, um, you know, the focus was just kind of making money and, and paying tuition. I took a couple, a couple jobs here and there that I thought might get me where I wanted to be. But the thing was, Rob, I didn't know where I wanted to be until my senior year. Uh, and at NC State, when I was when I was coming through, sports management was not an option for a major until I believe my senior year. And I, I took an really, uh, yeah, it was a minor. Um, you could minor in it. Uh, and after taking a course. I, can't, I think it was on uh, promotions or something within sports. I really kind of fell in love with it. But by that time, I was a senior and I, you know, I was I was ready to graduate. Um, and so, you know, unfortunately, you know, the internship that I had taken was in tourism. Great experience. I got to live in Charleston for the summer on a resort. Wouldn't trade it. For by the summer. way, Charles, Charleston is like one of the great cities that I've never been to. But I hear everyone says how great it is. You got to go because it's it's fantastic. All right, I'll put it on the list. Okay. All right. <laughs> Odds that I go to Charleston are strong. I think strong. I really do. I think strong. strong. I agree with you. It's not one of those things that I'll say that I'll do, like watch The Office and then never do it. Um, which is which is a shame. Yeah, you're probably right, but um, I uh, but I, I want to go to Charleston. We'll go. All right, fine. Anyway, I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. <laughs> no, that's fine. <laughs> I, um, you know, during my days at, at the exceptional university that is North Carolina State University. Um, anyways, I, you know, <laughs> I had that opportunity to do that internship. It was awesome. Um, I learned a lot, but you know, it wasn't you... until. Go ahead. I'm it sorry. It wasn't until after I graduated that I actually took an internship in sports. So I graduated in May and um, decided that. I wasn't gonna be able to find a job with zero experience. So I took a, an internship that was unpaid in minor league baseball. Do you regret at all not doing a bunch of internships or not trying harder on that? Man, I think that, 
No, the answer to your question is no. And the only reason I don't regret it is because it's not like I knew I wanted to be in sports. I didn't know I wanted to be in sports until my senior year. And by that time, you know, I did everything I could post figuring that out with taking the internship after I graduated and, and, you know, networking and that sort of thing. Um, but, you know, looking back now, if I would have known earlier what I wanted to do, I 100% would have would have made strides to, to be more active in the athletic department at my university to, you know, look into, you know, networking opportunities, you know, in Raleigh, um, where NC State is, and just and, and try to, to expand my, you know, my knowledge base in the sports industry. So when you got, when uh, NC State uh, got sports management, you were like, oh, this is pretty cool. Is that what led you to go get your master's? No, I got my master's because I couldn't get a job. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was it was like I can keep uh, bartending, or I can, you know, go back to school and and figure this out and hopefully beef up my resume. Um, and so glad I did. I, I ended up going to East Carolina University and and uh, getting my master's in sports administration. Um, and just a really fantastic opportunity. The only thing I, I regret about that is that there was a, a program they offer where you could stay a little while longer and take a few more classes and you would receive your MBA as well. And I wish looking back that I would have done that. Oh, that's an interesting, um, that's just an interesting route, but it's um, interesting that they would keep you on and then you get your master's and MBA. That's pretty cool. I like that. Yeah. Uh, my next question is, when you did uh, your internship with the Carolina Mudcats for no money, uh, and you were you did an internship too with East Carolina, and then you went to the Chiefs all, but they were all the thing that I was cohesive about them was they were all in community relations. Was community relations always a passion for you? How did you find your way to community relations? Yeah, I so starting out with the Mudcats, I was the marketing and community relations intern. And I, I walked into that position knowing not at all what it meant, not at all what the job entailed. Um, it sounded cool. It had that, that you know, that word marketing in it. So it's, it's probably awesome, right? Um, yeah, right. And, you know, going in and, and, and as I got my feet wet and I learned a little bit about, you know, promotions within minor league baseball, um, community relations was kind of something we, we did every once in a while on the side. Um, but immediately, as soon as we got to have a little bit of experience in it, I think the first thing I did was I went on, um, a player appearance to a, to a library and the, the muddy, the mud cap, who is the, uh, mascot for the Carolina Mudcats was, Very nice. was, you know, you were reading a book, the player was reading a book and, and Muddy was interacting with the kids. And I just remember thinking, man, this is so cool. And from then on, I, you know, I sought out opportunities to be involved in their community relations department. They were the single affiliate of the, of the Reds at the time. And they had a full-time person dedicated to community relations and got as much time in with her as I could. And I knew that's where I wanted to be. I like that that's kind of kicked off, but I also like too, you're like, yep, found it. Now this is what I want to go. Um, this is what I want to go pursue. So, you know, you admittedly didn't do a whole bunch of uh, stuff during uh, your undergrad time, but then, uh, and with limited um, internship experience, how the hell did you get an opportunity with the Kansas City Chiefs? Oh man, 
it was, you know, I was in graduate school at the time. So I was getting my graduate degree within sports administration. I was a graduate assistant when the, with, with the athletic department. Um, so my resume was looking better, right? I had the mud cats on there with community relations. I had, yeah. you know, all this other stuff. Um, and I mean, it, it was, it was truly a teamwork online, submit your resume. No kidding. Um, yeah, no, no reference, no nothing. Um, and, and submitted my resume and, you know, wound up with an interview and I must've done well on the interview. Cause, um, lo and behold, I was, I was living in Kansas city that next season. So you know, you're really killing me when um, I'm. We're t- Chris and I are on this podcast telling people network, network, network. Do as many internships as possible, and then here you are, no internships during undergrad. I don't know. I just applied teamwork online, and boom, then you're on with the Kansas City Chiefs. How the hell does that work? Oh man, you're yeah. ruining my mojo. <laughs> I interviewed really well, right? <laughs> as you know, so, as my former boss. <laughs> you you did interview. Uh, you did interview great. But what did you do with the Chiefs? So I was um, full-time community relations intern. So they have a very strong community relations department, full-time staff then of uh, four people. And then they took two full-time interns on during the season. Um, You know, I was one of those. And it would be, I mean, anything uh, from the NFL's community outreach initiatives to, uh, to player appearances to... Um, you know, their, their youth football camps, honoring high school coaches, any of your, any of your typical, uh, I, I like to call it your feel good PR stuff. Um, yeah. we handled that and it was, it was just such a, an amazing experience. It was the year of 2012, Kansas city won two games that year. Oh, there you and go. It was a brutal season, but you know, working in community relations, there's smiles on faces, no matter, no matter what. So, um, I, I, they really gave me a lot of autonomy in that internship. And I, I have to say they are, they are the reason that, you know, I was able to ultimately walk into a full-time job and felt like, I know, I knew what I was doing. You must've been pretty pumped about the Super Bowl this year. I was pretty pumped about the Super Bowl this year. Did, completely different staff and, and all different it, players for the most part, but Hey, <laughs> did you know anybody on the staff or are they basically all gone? Uh, the, the main community relations person, Chuck Castellano is still there. So oh, cool. Chuck, congrats on the Super Bowl. I hope Chuck is an avid listener of front office features. He can, um, wow. he can learn all about what you're doing. Um, and then we get connected, um, same way we're looking for a community relations person. And I remember doing a grainy Skype interview <laughs> when we were talking and I was like, yeah, I liked her a lot. And the person who I was interviewing with was like, yeah, but you could barely hear. It's like, yeah, 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 but she worked out pretty good. I liked her. She was, she's good. And uh, we hired you. And you well, kind of. That was a testament to networking. That was a testament to networking. You want to talk through it? I totally can. We had a, a speaker. Uh, it was an online class when I was in graduate school. And, and every once in a while, we'd have a speaker pop on who would, who would talk to us and we could ask questions and, you know, all over the computer. Uh, and that speaker, one of the, one of the weeks was Larry Friedman. Um, no, my guy, yes, the former guest uh, here on front office features. Absolutely. And so, you know, afterwards, like the fantastic networker that I had become, I I hit Larry up on LinkedIn and, and, you know, connected with him and 
when I saw the job in Scranton open up with it being a Mandalay team at the time, you know, I shot Larry a message and just said, Hey, you know, this is how, this is how I know you. Um, I'm applying for this job. I, I see that you have a lot of mutual connections there. And he said, heck yeah, I'll reach out um, and see what I could do. Uh, and it worked out. Yeah. Larry uh, said, here, talk to Rachel. And I said, sure, I'll talk to Rachel. We started talking and uh, it worked out great. One of the things that I felt is, you know, you had that one year with Carolina, but I really felt after we got to know each other that you really fell in love with minor league baseball. And that's kind of where your like community relations career went from like first or second year. Like I'm just getting my feet wet to like overdrive. Uh, am I the only way, uh, only one that feels that way? Or do you agree with me? No, I, I completely agree with you. Minor league baseball is is something special. And I can say that having worked in college athletics and also, you know, a small time in the NFL that, you know, minor league baseball allows you to be this silly, creative, awesome source of entertainment for your community and, and a community at any size, right? We have a triple A team here in Charlotte. Um, and then, you know, I've you know, having smaller, smaller teams, but, you know, I learned, you know, I learned this saying actually when I started in Scranton is that your minor league team is the front porch of your community. And so you got to make it fun. And that's what, that's what minor league baseball is all about. So what was it about uh, minor league baseball that allowed you to do that? What, uh, you know, what specifically were you like, what, I guess, what specifically were you maybe most proud of, or what were the, some of the things that you were like, yeah, I did that. Um, that you kind of take on that you kind of look back and say that was pretty cool yeah i think that um in minor league baseball you get the autonomy to start something from nothing typically it starts out as this really weird idea um and you get to put it together with usually minimal staff and minimal resources, <laughs> um, which, you know, All when accurate. you accomplish something feels a little bit better. Right. So, um, you never really heard no in minor league baseball. All you had to hear was, okay, how does it sell tickets or how does it get us publicity? <laughs> um, <laughs> and as long as you could do that, you, you know, you could pretty much do anything, but I think, you know, I think some of the, the things that I'm most proud of during my time in minor league baseball is really the impact that, that we were able to make on the community through whether it was interaction with the, with the team or the staff members, whether it was money raised or whether it was, um, you know, being able to offer people special experiences out at the ballpark. You know, I look back on some of those opportunities and, and just, you know, and kind of in awe of, of, I think, the lasting impact we were able to have on people's lives. And it was just another day at the ballpark a lot of the times for us. Yeah, and you were part of a staff that won uh, a golden bobblehead, basically the Oscars of minor league uh, baseball for Hope Week. You want to talk about what what uh, what you led there? Yeah, that was that was definitely a highlight. It always feels good to win, right? Um, yeah, absolutely. I remember you uh, calling me and texting me. I wasn't uh, when, when we won, and we were both kind of freaking out. Yeah, you're you're uh, you're uh, when you call me or text me, the little picture that comes up is you with the golden bobblehead. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I still yeah. keep a picture around. Yeah, Hope Week was, Hope Week was, uh, you know, 
in Scranton. We were a Yankees affiliate, and Hope Week was actually started by the Yankees. Um, it's essentially a, a week-long community outreach initiative where daily there's something going on that the team is involved with in the community. Specifically, the staff and players are involved with, and it can take place at the ballpark or it can take out take place outside of the ballpark. Um, but the year that we won, we did some just you know really really creative stuff. You know. One of the things that we did was versus cancer, where our team and staff shaved their heads, and we raised for to, um, you know, to support kids battling cancer. We raised over right. fourteen thousand dollars. And and who 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 on staff raised the most money? Why do you do this to me every time? <laughs> just what I I'm just asking questions. I'm a professional podcast host, and I've got to ask tough poignant question. So, uh, Rach, uh, can you remind me on that award-winning team um, that raised a ton of money for uh, kids with cancer? Who that raised was, the most of money? His name was, was Rob Crane. That was, that's, that's true. That's true. I I, that's true. <laughs> you do remember very correctly. All right, go ahead. Sorry. No, but another one that we, uh, another event we did that was that was awesome was we brought a bunch of our players into the boys and girls club and we partnered with this company that would come in and set up um, inflatable forts and things that you would play laser tag with. So our players were playing, I mean, we're talking, you know, the, the future Yankees were playing laser tag in a boys and girls club gym in Scranton, Pennsylvania with these kids that just thought it was the coolest thing in the world. Um, so, you know, it was experiences like that. And it was, it was a week long worth of activities um, where we got to go out and just be good stewards and, and make a difference. Yeah, that was, uh, I was pretty, uh, it, was, it was very cool to be a part of, and you did a wonderful job uh, leading it. And then you went off to, uh, Charlotte, uh, to run their, uh, community relations. But now, um, you are, uh, doing amazing things with versus cancer as a campaign director. You just want to talk about like what the heck you do. Yeah, absolutely. So, so versus cancer is, uh, a national fundraising campaign. We are part of the pediatric brain tumor foundation. So I see the, oversee the campaign nationally and, um, and take care of the strategic vision um, of the campaign, any marketing, just the, the overall health of the fundraising initiative. You know, it was, um, it's a really, it's a really great opportunity to support kids and families who are going through the biggest battle of their lives and to not only be able to do that, but versus cancer works with athletic teams. Um, you know, most popular in baseball, but popular in other sports at the primarily the college level. Then we also work with high school teams, professional teams to support these these kids and their families and allow them to give back to their local children's hospital. So, um, you know, it's not uh, it, it, it gave me the opportunity to. Uh, give back through sports, but now I always tell people instead of being asked for things, I'm doing the asking a lot more of the time. Um, yeah, right. So it's a change of pace, but but it's it's pretty it's pretty awesome. Yeah, and you're doing uh, just awesome stuff. You want to talk a little bit about um, uh, what? So can you take me through like what does a day look like? Are you calling people? Are you calling teams? Are you calling hospitals? Like. What, what's, what's, what's a, what's a day in the life of Rachel Mark look like? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So my, my role, um, a lot of it is to support 
the people who are out actually uh, calling. So our campaign managers are, are trying to recruit new teams to work with us. They are interacting with our families to give them special experiences with teams. They're interacting with the hospital. So our teams can go and visit um, you know, the hospital and see where their dollars are, are at work. Um, I handle a lot of our, our, our kind of top level national programs. So like our baseball versus cancer uh, ambassadors are a select group of of, of college coaches across the nation who have, you know, expressed a commitment and and growing versus cancer in the sport of college baseball. And these are guys like, you know, Pete Hughes from K State University and uh, Rob Childress from 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 uh, Texas A and M and Billy Mole from USF. And I mean, you know, great great coaches, uh, but not just great coaches, great people. And so I get to interact with them and you know, just, just really work with our corporate partners and people like that to help, to help make sure we're helping as many kids and families as possible. But, you know, my days can look very different. I travel quite a bit for work, going to see teams, going to support our, our campaign managers, and then, you know, just, just making sure we're aligning with uh, the family support and, and research initiatives of the Pediatric Brain Tumor Foundation. Yeah. So one of the things that we, uh, what versus cancer does is, is, is just, um, is just amazing. Um, and what you're doing is, and you just keep growing in that organization. Pretty soon you're going to be like the CEO of that place. <laughs> I don't know about that, but growth is a good thing. <laughs> yeah, growth, growth, growth is a good thing. But so you've done the team and now you're kind of outside, but still working in sports. We talk a lot about, you know, people should start looking at, you know, if uh, organizations not only just within the you know core four sports, but organizations outside. Uh, but in general, people wanting to get in community relations. I feel like I could post a community relations job right now and get two hundred applicants. It's like the one of the more popular ones to apply for. What do you think is the best way to kind of separate yourself when applying for uh, those community relations jobs? Because there's a lot of listeners right now that want to be Rachel Mark. Yeah, you know, and you're right. Community relations is one of those really, um, really popular positions that people look for in sports. And, um, you know, one of the things looking back on that I wish I had known more about when applying for different community relations roles. Like when I was applying right out of that Carolina internship and was getting no bites and ended up having to go back to grad school is, you know, I was honed, I was honed in on community relations. And so if there was any type of sales in a job uh, description that, that was having to do also with community relations, I didn't want to apply. And I look back on that now, and not only do I wish I had more sales experience, and that was one of the reasons I took the job with Versus Cancer is because, you know, we're out there selling a mission every single day to people that may or may not have personal investment in it. So I wish I would have been more open to sales. And it took me multiple years in the sports industry to figure out we're all in sales. We're all selling. Um, and so, preach, preach, you know, yeah. if I would have figured that out sooner, I think I would have, I think I would have been able to do more in my position and do more for the benefit of whatever organization I was working for at the time. Right. Um, yeah. you know, but I also think that understanding the inner workings of 
charitable giving and how that relates to the community as a whole, right? What are the things that your community or the community that you're looking to be a part of with that, that baseball team or football team or whatever, what are they looking for? Um, what are the hot topics in that community and how can, how can you help the team align with those to make that community a better place? I think that goes maybe a little bit more high level, but I, I guarantee if you start talking about those types of things in an interview, uh, whoever you're interviewing with is gonna is gonna respect that, and they're gonna they're gonna think you you know pretty much I would think hung the moon at that point. I oh yeah, I, I if you started talking about what you just talked about, it'd be you know I'd be eaten from the palm of your hand because uh, not everyone uh, not everyone talks like that. Um, you're in uh, when you're in community relations, right? You talk. What are some you know, and I'm not looking for like, oh, it feels good to give back because, of course, that's the truth. But what are some of the things that you feel that were underrated feel good about your community relations jobs, whether they were in baseball or the one that you're doing now? And that's also what's a challenge that people from the outside don't fully uh, can't fully grasp until you're in it. Man, to, to answer um, the second part of your question first is, you know, one of those challenges is, you know, you have to say no to people and you can't be everything to everyone. And, you know, especially in a, you know, in a minor league baseball role where, you know, like we mentioned before, there's often limited resources and you, you know, you can't, you know, you can't give money or, or even, you know, items to, to every deserving charity or every deserving person. So sometimes you just have to make the hard decision to say no to people um, and really, you know, focus in on your community relations effort. Where can we make the biggest impact uh, as opposed to being a mile wide and an inch deep? How can we figure out where our spot is and really hone in on that and make a big difference there? Um, you know, as far as, as some of the areas that uh, looking back now, I think we're, we're just really amazing opportunities. Um, I really think it was the staff involvement in a lot of our outreach activities. You know, everybody, everybody uh, talks about the players being involved and the players going out and doing things and, and even the mascot doing stuff. But, you know, the staff are who lead that and the staff are who give up the extra time. You know, they're already working however many hours during a season, 80 hours a week or whatever it is. And then they're not only doing that, but they're going out and volunteering and they're they're having to stay late to, to help out to put a golf tournament together or whatever the case may be. Um, but but those opportunities, you know, I think about when in Scranton, Rob, when when you guys all sat down on the field and you had raised, again, $14,000, which is just amazing. And shave your head in front of a, a, a family with a child who had been diagnosed with cancer, um, you know, to support and to show support for kids who, who that happens to every day. Those are the moments that I look back in and I'm like, man, these people not only work their tails off, but they gave a lot and sacrificed a lot to make a difference in that community. Yeah, it was, uh, I remember that vividly. Um, and uh, I remember it, uh, we, uh, I went to Durham right after that, and I was, had a head shave for the All-Star game. Uh, and it was uh, – but it was awesome. I remember having so much fun raising all the money, and, uh, and, and we did it. You remember when we did that thing, it was like a, we had a rain delay or, a, or it rained out, and we had to like do it in the concourse. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was like a, it was a, it got the, it got rained out. And so we pushed it to the next day. The next day we ended up obviously with the double header. We had hurricane force winds. <laughs> That's right. And we did it anyways. It was all. Awesome. I did it anyway. Yeah, it was a, it, it was a, it was a lot of fun. So I, I agree with you. I think when you see the entire staff as a collective group, go do something good. That makes you feel better than just kind of you going out and, and, and doing it in yourself. And I love, um, I love your thought on, uh, you know, you got to say no occasionally. Uh, if not, you're not going to be able to execute the entire time. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There's there's so many deserving people and organizations out there. And, you know, it's, it's you know, a person in a community relations role, it's their job to, to, to give and to, you know, make, let, let people know that the organization is, is supporting the community. But, you know, again, like you said, you just can't, you can't do it all. Right. Um, you've always been unbelievably friendly. You're always laughing. You're having a good time. And, but you said you've become a better networker and talking with colleagues. What advice do you have people who are just starting and growing uh, that network? What have you learned? Man, it is okay to be uncomfortable as hell. Uh, <laughs> what, what do you mean by that? Well, you know, I just remember, I remember, you know, before I had, I had worked in the industry for a little while, or even when I was just starting out in the industry, right? And you're around people that you feel like are either older than you, or they have much more experience than you. And, and you don't want to walk up to them and sound like an idiot, or, you, you know, you don't want to walk up to them and feel like, oh, they don't want to talk to me. Um, you know, what I've really found is that that's uncomfortable, but the more you do it, the easier it gets. Um, and there is something about the sports industry that people for the most part are just pretty nice people. And they've, they've all been there, right? They've all been the new person or the young person or the person that's just trying to get into the industry. And so they understand what that's like. And more often than not, you're going to have people that are willing to talk to you and to go out of their way to, to meet with you or have coffee with you or just stay in touch. So, um, you know, that's, that's a big thing for me. And I always tell people, make sure you have a LinkedIn, make sure it's up to date, post, talk about your accomplishments, you know, get it out there and use that as a tool to stay in touch with, with other, with other people in the industry you want to be in. Um, it's just, you know, the thing of what's linked on with LinkedIn, when you can tell, you know, who's connected with who, with who, what an awesome tool, you know, yeah, right. how did we, you know, before, before LinkedIn, you know, how did we, it was so much harder con to connect those dots. And now we have something doing it for us. How awesome is that? And you do a great job with your LinkedIn, have a, uh, have very good, uh, very good content. Um, so do you just, uh, what I always tell, we always say was, uh, it's okay. I want you to be uncomfortable at least one part of the day. Would you say a good part of your day is being uncomfortable, whether it's reaching out to people at least early in your career? Oh yeah, I would definitely say I was I was probably uncomfortable, you know, a lot. I remember Rob. Um, yeah, <laughs> I remember Rob. Like you're, I'm, I can't wait to hear what's next. So the the uh, year that we won the the golden bobblehead um, that yeah. we were talking about for Hope Week, that was the second. I, think, I believe it was my second year working in Scranton and you had sent me, you know, they, they give those awards out at the minor league baseball promotional seminar, which is this kind of big conference that, you know, a lot of people in minor league baseball attend. And I remember, you know, it's my second year attending and this year, because we were nominated for a bobblehead, you were sending me, but you were sending me by myself. 
And I remember yep. I not only had I not really traveled for work, I hadn't, you know, as we talked about, I didn't have a ton of experience at networking, but I was going to this conference where I felt like everybody knew everyone and I was going by myself and I was like, okay, I can either, you know, be the weirdo in the corner or I can make some friends. Um, <laughs> and that experience though, that experience, I'm um, putting myself out there. One, I have friends now that I still talk to to this day in my early baseball because of that conference. But two, um, I learned a lot about just, just being outgoing and talking to people and figuring out how to connect with people in, in that four day, in that four day window. Yeah. You were always very good at, uh, at networking. So when I sent you off to, uh, uh, where was it that year? It was in Louisville. Uh, Louisville. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever you were going there, I was like, ah, she'll be fine. She'll, uh, she'll, she'll make friends. <laughs> and then so someone was like, yeah, but she's never gone uh traveled for this like well there's got to be a first time and uh <laughs> you just went one, you, right? yeah you i was like I, I i had more confidence uh in you than uh, than anything um so as we've you've gone and gone done your thing i've done mine one of the things that i've noticed from afar and you we still stay in touch obviously but um not only have you become a leader in sports just in general but you always really you you've had a great um you've become this uh, you know, uh, female empowerment leader too, is that I've noticed a lot of young up and coming female executives come to you for advice and you're always wanting to give your advice. Um, do you feel like an extra responsibility now that your career has kind of gone and now you're, you know, basically running a national campaign, uh, for such a, a big charity is this, do you feel like this extra weight on your shoulders now? Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't know that I would describe it as a weight, but more as an opportunity. Um, you know, being a female, having worked in in athletics, um, in the sports industry, uh, and now in a in a completely different industry. Um, you know, I see I see a lot, like you said, a lot of young women who are trying to get started, and and you know, maybe they don't know how, or maybe they don't know who to reach out to, and and you know, interestingly enough, I see a lot of women filling roles like, um, you know, in the director of operations role and, and, and new roles for women, especially in the sport of baseball. And so, you know, if there's opportunities for me to be able to help the, those young women out, whether it's with advice or, or just somebody to talk to, they can, you know, pick my brain. Um, you know, maybe our experiences are different, but I'm, I'm happy to be a resource always. Uh, you're uh, you're doing an amazing job, and uh, as I see your career grow, and you know you as a person grow, um, in all honesty, I just couldn't be more proud of uh, of what you're doing. You're uh, you're a badass, Rach. Oh well, thank you. I appreciate that. That means a lot, Rob. Well, I mean it. My very I... first boss in in athletics or in sports. Yeah, well, someone had to be. Um, <laughs> they, <laughs> all right, last question. On a scale of 1 to 10, uh, you miss working with me about an 806? Is 10 the highest or the lowest? <laughs> <laughs> no, we had a blast. I'm kidding. We had a blast. And, and, you know, the cool thing about minor league baseball is – 
it most people are are we're all a little bit weird and we're all <laughs> a little bit crazy. <laughs> That's that um, is that is true. <laughs> and so you get, you know, whether your staff is four people or whether it's thirty people who all have, you know, creative, awesome personalities and you put them in a room, you're gonna you're gonna wind up with some pretty cool stuff. And I think that you and I had the opportunity to experience that together when we were in Scranton. We just had some really cool people surrounding us um, and making our lives a little bit easier, right? But I do miss working with you. You had a you're you're a loud person in the office. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember. I... I remember that you were a very loud person, and your presence was always known. I was. I'm also as a fault. This is terrible. I remember the first time I got in trouble with you, Rob. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh oh boy. I'm a loud person by nature. Well, so I. I Three, what did I, what were you in trouble for? I don't remember this at all. I was habitually about three minutes late for work. Oh, being late drives me freaking crazy. Uh, I know. I remember being on the other end of that, and I got to tell you, it was not it was not fun to be on the other end of you being loud. <laughs> 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 no, it was fine. I got to tell you, I was not late again though, unless I knew you weren't going to be there. No, unless I wasn't going to be there. <laughs> Look at my schedule. Rob's not going to come in until 10, so I'm not going to be there till 9.50. No, no. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. We had a, we had a good time. We had some good, we had some fun in Scranton for sure. No, oh, we did. Well, um, Rach, I can't thank you enough for uh, joining me. What you're doing is amazing. Uh, I hope people reach out to you on uh, LinkedIn and try and get connected because I think that you can provide a unique experience in what you're doing. Um, love what Versus Cancer is doing, love what you've done and uh, can't wait to see what you do next. Hey, thanks for having me. Yes, anybody that wants to reach out, awesome. Well, uh, thanks a million. Share this a billion times over so that uh, you know we'll set the world record for uh, podcast downloads in a single day. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm, I'm hurry up and post it so I can start sharing. All right. Sounds good. See you. All right. Thanks, John.